When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And he takes the snap. Back to throw. Under pressure. Avoids the rush. And he's going to fight out of it. Still fights out of it. Now throws it deep downfield. Wide open Tyree. Who takes the pass. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To save his life, call his wife in. All right, let's go. Good morning. How are we doing at 4 o'clock? Hopefully more awake than Lepresti. I just ran into him in the uh, newsroom. He's, he needs a cup of coffee, but he'll be ready for you at 5 o'clock, filling in for Jerry Recco in the warm-up show. So good morning. How are we doing? You wake up to a brand-new day, folks. A brand-new day. Remember all those years of the Knicks being losers? It's over. They have made it. They have made it to the play-in tournament, semifinals, finals, whatever they call it. I don't know, but they're playing Tuesday in Vegas. I, I'm very excited as they won a game last night, 115-91 over the Charlotte Hornets. They finished 3-1 and one inside the four tournament uh, play-in games, and they won by just enough. To get themselves in, because it's obviously a tiebreaker is point differential. For example, the Nets finished 3-1 as well, but unfortunately, they could not make it. They didn't win by enough. As they only beat the Raptors 115-103, finished 3-1 in the tournament, but don't make it. The Knicks will play the Bucks on Tuesday. And I couldn't care less. I'm sorry, this is an absolute joke. I can't stand it. I can't stand the idea that this is being... Uh, determined by point differential. It's so stupid. Why not just make it about overall record? Whatever your overall record for the season is, as a point-to-point differential where you're seeing nonsense. You're seeing absolute nonsense. You're seeing the game be by change. You're seeing, I, I it was the Boston Celtics. Uh, you know, I got here, I was driving. I'm trying to watch the highlights now, but the Boston Celtics are fouling guys just to get them at the foul line to stop the clock so they can try and score more points to make sure they get into this stupid, doped playoff. Like, who cares? The courts are hideous. No one cares. It's not a real championship. The only thing I agree that is kind of nice, I saw um, the Knicks talking about, and, and Randall had a great game, a uh, 2020 game, um, 25 and 20 rebounds. I saw him talking about wanting to win the 500 grand for the, the guys on the bottom of the bench. That 500 grand could really impact them. That That's nice, I suppose. It's always, you know, for some of these guys who don't make the money their teammates make to get 500 grand. But this whole thing is just dumb. I don't care. I care that the, the Knicks are playing good basketball. I care more that the Knicks came back and beat Miami. I care more that, you know, they've really, that Randall's turned it around for the most part and they're a tough, gritty team and they still have issues, no doubt. But they're playing good, hard-fought basketball. That's what I care about. I care about the season. I don't care about this dopey season. This in-game season that means absolutely nothing. The idea that they could possibly have their like high, hang a banner for winning this thing if they ever figure out a way to beat the the bucks i'm sorry it's just dumb this whole it's so it's so league driven media driven trying to drum up some enthusiasm for a season while the football season's still going on i get if you're in it you want to win it i get it if you're going to be in it which i think it's dopey but if you're going to be in it why not try and win it 
I get that. I do get that. So I'd rather them be in it, I guess, than not be in it. I don't know. But it's when it comes down to point differential, when teams are out fouling to make sure they can get more offensive uh, possessions to try and win by enough points to get into this dopey tournament, it's stupid. I just I think the whole thing is dumb. Does anyone really, like, honestly, Nick fans, I'm asking you, do you care? Do you honestly care if they win this thing again? If they're in it, they might as well win it. I get you. You turn on the game, you're going to want them to win. You root for them to win, no doubt. But ultimately, the second it's over and they lose, will it cost you an ounce of grief? Will you be disappointed in the slightest or it will be just another loss in the regular season? Like You don't, you don't like losing games, but ultimately, will it, will it impact you at all? Will you care if you win it? Will you care longer than five seconds after? Like, hey, how about that? Can you believe that? The Knicks are the first team ever to win it. Great. Honey, what's for dinner? No one cares. No one cares. But here we are. We'll get the games on Tuesday. I'll give you the schedule. It's very important. Hold on. The, uh, the, the first games are Monday night. Hold on. That's today, Monday. Come on, Chris. Don't be stupid. Monday, December 4th. Again, Monday, November 27th. This thing is your absolute worst. All right, so Boston against Indiana at 7.30 on Monday. New Orleans versus Sacramento. And then on Tuesday, your New York Knicks at Milwaukee and Phoenix at Los Angeles. At the Lakers or, you know, whatever. I don't know. That's the home team. Who cares? I don't even know. I honestly, I probably just made myself sound stupid. Are they in Vegas? They're in Vegas for this thing, right? These games are all going to be in Vegas. So I guess the home team is just the, you know, I'm reading the schedule, but big whoop. Big whoop. I could care less. I care more about how the Knicks are playing, how Brunson's doing, how Randall's doing, how R.J. Barrett's doing. The kind of team they're, the, you know, the way they're offensive rebounding and, and some of the positives of this team to go along with their three-point shooting and some of the other things, but the issues they have with ISO ball and what they can do to possibly improve this team to make it a championship caliber team. Because right now it's a good team, but it's not a championship caliber team. I don't care about winning midseason tournaments. I care about winning NBA championships, which they haven't done since 1973. So can we please like focus on what we should focus on? Just dopey. 877-337-6666. Still taking your calls on Aaron Rodgers. Still taking your calls on the Giants if you want. We did a little football to start the show, but this Yankee offseason is rather intriguing. And I understand everybody hates them. And I understand that nobody thinks the Yankees will willing to spend money. And while I'm not going to go as far as some, I do think the Yankees are poised for a big, big offseason. I think they know they have to have it. And if you're telling me, like... Many have, and now add Ken Rosenthal uh, in his report yesterday, and his story, should I say, yesterday in The Athletic, where he's quoted saying, it's not a matter of if Juan Soto will be traded, it's a matter of where. If that is the case, if everybody's right, he better be a New York Yankee. I'm telling you right now, that is an absolute must. I don't care what it takes. Juan Soto must be a Yankee if he's traded. If he is traded anywhere else, the Yankees have failed. I don't care if they get Bellinger and Yamamoto. I, I really don't. I'll still call the, the offseason a disappointment. That's how much I want Juan Soto. I want the superstar. Bellinger scares me. There's a lot of things about Bellinger. I know people get upset about the uh, things that are 
uh, in are the issue. I don't love to get too deep into analytics either, but there are some analytics I do take into consideration. I know people get hung up on the hard hit rate. I, I don't know about you. I know everyone wants to go back to you know baseball the way it used to be. No one cared about hard hit rate, really. Like when you were a kid, it, the object of the game wasn't to hit the ball hard. I, I thought it was. I I tried to hit the ball hard when I played baseball. I didn't I didn't go for bloop singles over the first baseman's head. I tried to hit the ball hard. So the idea that this guy who's had two seasons of OPSs under 700, even in a great season, doesn't hit the ball hard at a good level and misses the barrel of the bat a lot, it's not a I'm not saying I won't sign him because of it, but I'm a little nervous that he could that it's a little bit of a fluky year and he could easily revert back to what he's been the last three years. It's not like, hey, this is who he is. He still puts up big time numbers despite these other analytics. Like it's no. He's been awful for three years, and last year was a bounce-back year, but some of the underlying numbers are still a little bit scary. I'm not saying I wouldn't sign him. I'm just saying, mm, I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Juan Soto doesn't scare me. I want Juan Soto. I want the superstar. Ted in Washington, New Jersey. What's up, Ted? Yeah, thank you. Listen, I understand what you're saying, and you know, it, it makes sense, uh, on, of course, what they're spending every year. But I personally worked for the Yankees years ago. I've been involved in a lot of things in baseball. And I can tell you that people I talk to that are still working in baseball, they tell me, these are older-time guys, mm-hmm. and people don't necessarily follow them, but they tell me the analytics has taken over. But the problem I see, you know, just in your point, is that with these $400 million players, yeah. and I agree, Soto is probably the exception. Like they brought in Reggie Jackson years ago. You're right. They need a superstar. They obviously do. But I think there's a ceiling. I, I think there's a point where you're not going to be able to have, you know, they got so much dead wood like Rodon. And I would well, say I'm not Stan- ready to call Rodon dead wood yet. It's one, it was one bad year, injury plague year. I mean, I'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, he, but he's no Cole. You know, Cole was no. the guy. They won with him. I mean, they got... But let's let's be totally fair. After the two twenty one, after the twenty one wild card game where he got lit up in three innings against the Red Sox, I don't. I, I was taking a lot of calls about how Cole is in Cole. So you know, let's. Well, I would like to say one thing on the Red Sox when they play sure. the playoff game. One thing I got Boone is the guy that has kind of turned me up. He he bats Gallo fourth in that game. Who had a lousy year, and he struck out almost every every time he was up in that game. I mean, he did nothing. You know, and the thing that bothers me about you know the Yankees is Boone. I can't take his press conferences. I just, you know, sometimes you lose. Just say, "Hey, we lost." You know, he goes on and on, and that's turned me up. But I appreciate what you're saying, and you're right. You know, they do have to have these marquee people. Otherwise, you know, it just it's not the Yankees. You're correct. Yes. That uh, they they absolutely do, and I'm not sure what your your point overall was. You don't like Boone, I get it. Listen, when you're losing, the press conferences are never fun. Show me a good show me a good coach at losing press conferences. I'll show you a loser. So I mean, I, I don't know who's good. I don't know who I love to watch. Oh, he's oh I love this coach. You know what the best part about this coach is his losing press conferences. They're tremendous. Love watching them. Can't get enough of them. After they lose a brutal hard fought game. I can't wait to hear from the coach. He's tremendous at it. It's it's impossible, and they've had mid, they've had bad seasons the last couple of years. But I, you know, it is what it is. 
And as far as, you know, the analytics taking over, I think in some aspects it is. It's uh, it's more prevalent, you know, more and more each day maybe. But I, I still think there's uh, plenty of room and there is plenty of stuff uh, with scouting and old school baseball. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stupot? C-Mac, you talk about my favorite subjects, Cashman and Steinbrenner. I know but you. Me, let me ask you something, Chris. Yeah. You think that they're going to go out and spend the money? Uh, uh, well, what Hal said after the 2008 season, my family's here to put a championship team on the field every year. And what has he done? Maybe three years out of the other 14 years that we've been there, we won one championship. And we've only had maybe two or three teams that were capable of winning championships, and we never got there. Mm-hmm. So what makes me what makes me think that they're going to do it this year? Because, as much as you might call, I'm assuming you would call 2022 uh, a team that had no chance of winning a championship. No, I I said they the only problem with 2022 was that there was a couple of problems. We didn't have a left fielder. And um, June 3rd happened, and uh, basically after that, uh, no, that was probably 2022. I did think that Yeah, they the, the year they won 99 games, won the division, yeah. and, and got swept in the ALCS. All right, fine, but the thing is... I'm, not, I, I'm just trying to tell you that I don't know what you classify as a team that's good enough to win the World Series. I'm telling you how they classify it, and to them, that's a team good enough to win the World Series. So uh-huh. what, makes me, what makes me think different this year is 82 and 80 is not. Having the worst, having the worst uh, offense, and thank you for the call as usual, bud. And having the worst offense in baseball is not. I mean, having only the Oakland A's have less hits than you is not a World Series caliber team. This was a disaster, a self-proclaimed disaster. Now they didn't change Brian Cashman. They're not going to change the manager. We'll see what actual change at all comes inside the organization. I'm not sure any will. I don't know. But I do think they recognize that they have major holes and that the fan base is is really angry and that they need to go out there and spend some money. Like, I do believe that. I do. I Everything you hear is they're in on this stuff. And I know everyone says they're always in on it. I don't really think it's been to this level. Like, I, I, I never felt like the Yankees were in on anything significant to this level. Like, maybe last year for the left field market, the only thing I believe is they were in for trading for uh, uh, Reynolds out of Pittsburgh. He ended up not getting traded. It's not like he went somewhere else. Like, I believe it this year. Now, will they go out and do it? I don't know. Will Soto be traded? If he's traded anywhere else, I'm pissed. Is Yamamoto going to sign with the Mets for an outrageous contract that the Yankees couldn't match or wouldn't match? I'll be disappointed. I don't know how pissed I'll be. I'll be disappointed. If they don't do either of those two things and Bellinger goes somewhere else for a reasonable contract and they didn't pony up, then I'll be upset too. Like We're going to have to see how they handle this offseason. If they do nothing, I think the fan base, including myself, is going to be pretty freaking annoyed. And if Juan Soto goes anywhere else but to New York, I'll be furious. That will That will send me over. That's it. My days of Cashman shilling will be over. Come on, Cash. Me and you are too tight. Don't do this to me. I don't want to have to go against you. You're my guy. You know that. But I will. I'll leave you. I don't want to leave you. I love you. Kevin and Copeg. What's up, Kevin? 
What's up, Christopher? When What's, you were behind oh, the home plate for the ALCS, did you see uh, Lorne Michaels and Jimmy Fallon? I don't remember when I, when, when I when when I was behind home plate for the ALCS. Yeah, well, didn't like Craig Carton hook you up? Yeah, it was the, it was a Met game. It was no, me. That was the uh, the playoffs, wasn't it? No, it was not. It was the it was Met Yankees. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought it was the. It was the the night they beat Max Scherzer. A couple years ago, but yes. The Yankees was, uh, left number 18 for Yamamoto, huh? So they certainly that- did. They certainly did. They left 18 available, which, for those of you who don't know, is uh, apparently the ace uh, number in Japan. It's a very special number. It's for your best pitcher, and obviously Yamamoto is that. He's won con- three consecutive MVPs uh, in, in the league. And so, yeah, I mean, that's probably something they'll sell him on or just tell him this is how much we've thought about you and how long we've wanted you, and we'll see if that matters, but... If he wants every dollar, I don't know if he's going to be a Yankee. That's really sweet. You got the dodo and Senga, and you're uh, speculating about not wanting to play with another Japanese star. It's a little bit cloudy. Yeah, listen, well, I don't know if he speculated that. There's, there's an overarching, and thank you for the call, Kevin, there's like an overarching theme and a thought process that Japanese stars coming uh, to Major League Baseball don't want to play with other Japanese stars on the team. Uh, I'm not sure how real that is it's definitely a thought um part of it as i'm told because i i don't know the the custom that well but i'm told it's partially the guy who's already existing as the superstar on the team usually doesn't like it as well and they feel like they're imposing by coming to a team that's already has a, a japanese superstar but kodai sang has apparently rolled out the red carpet went to management said i'd not only would it be okay i'd love for him to come here and play I don't think that's a major issue, and I'm not even sure how much from the Yamamoto side that's even been discussed as an issue at all. Uh, That's just a kind of overarching uh, concept on the belief of how it works typically, and to deal with that, we're hearing that Kodai Senga has no issue. So I don't know. I I think it's going to come down to money like it typically does. Here's the question. I think the Yankees are in. I think almost every team in baseball is. You're looking at the starting pitching market is by far way, way more significant right now than the than the the position player market by a million miles. And you're seeing that all these guys are being highly coveted. And and as much as we're seeing the starting pitcher be devalued a little bit, you're seeing that the top end guys are very valuable, and particularly come postseason time. And Montgomery, and you just saw Gray go sign in St. Louis, but Yamamoto, Montgomery, like these guys are in line to get big deals. And the thought process is Yamamoto could be a top five pitcher in baseball. Every team is going to be on him. He's going to talk to a ton of teams. But ultimately, here's the question. And it's it's really for the Met fan, even more than the Yankee fan, because I think the Yankees are just another team. The Mets are the team of of the reference point. Like that's the the team to look to when it comes to Yamamoto is the Mets and the owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen. That's it. Is Steve Cohen willing to do whatever it takes to get him? Because if he is, he'll get him. I would think. No matter how much Yamamoto wants to be on the Yankees, I would imagine he wants as much money as he can get as well. And if they put some absurd number, if the Yankees go two ten, two twenty which is about, to me, the top, tippy-top of the market for him. If they come back and say, all right, listen, I know you want to be a Yankee. They offered you 220. We'll give you 260. Like, if he's going to be willing to do that, or the San Francisco Giants offer him 220, or the Dodgers offer him 220, or whoever offers him 220, will, will Steve Cohen and the Mets say, listen, we need you. Here's 250. 
Now, have they been willing to do that? I mean, I didn't take that with Max Scherzer. It didn't take that with Verlander necessarily. There wasn't this kind of uh, everyone in on it the way those two with with those two guys the way it is right now. Kodai Senga uh, with uh, Yamamoto, but I mean, he's never really been you know tested necessarily. I don't know. This is the first time, certainly the Yankees, and that's what I find it so fascinating because I really do believe the Yankees are in on it. I do. I think they love him. I think they they want this starting pitcher. The rotation fell apart last year. They can't count on Rodon, and I, and I think that they realize that they need to do better. Now, you, you, they're going to lose some guys. You don't know where Nesta Cortez is. This rotation is completely in flux, and you might have to trade either King or um, Clark Schmidt to get Juan Soto. So I don't even know where the rotation is at all. I think the Met, the Yankees desperately want him. But so do the Mets, and so do a lot of teams. But it's it's going to come down to whether the Mets and Steve Cohen are willing to, willing to just say, screw it, I'm getting them. 877-337-6666. Let's squeeze in Mike real quick before the break. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, my man Mike. What's up, buddy? How's Vermont treating you? Good. I love Vermont. And guess what? The Yankees. What? Yeah. A cast man really loves Soto. Yeah, I hope he so. He almost had Soto before, but they didn't have the money to spend that time. Now he has the money to spend. Uh, the only one the same thing to happen. Yeah. You think so? I, do, I think they're going to get him. I do. I do. Yeah. I do, Mike. I think Juan Soto is going to be a New York Yankee, and then I think they're going to give him a big contract, uh, hopefully at the end of the year, unless – Someone gives them. I, I really do. I think they've targeted Juan Soto as the middle of the bat left-handed hitter who they desperately need to change the feel around the franchise. Because right now, let's be honest, the feel around the franchise is toxic. I do a Yankee thing. I say I think there's a chance they spend some money. The first phone call I get is what a moron I am because Cashman's an idiot and Hal Steinbrenner won't spend. And they hate the team. I, I don't know if there's another franchise right now. Like, honestly, like... It doesn't make any sense to me as a Giant and a Yankee fan. Right now, the Giant fan base is way more happy with their team than the Yankee fan base is with theirs. Like, way more happy. Like, I take cold phone calls from Giant fans. Hey, listen, we won a couple games. Things are good. We don't need a quarterback. We'll, we'll find Daniel Jones is good. Trust the coach. Trust the GM. You can get a quarterback anywhere. We're good. You know, we, we were in the playoffs last year. Why are you so heated? I don't know, because they've been one of the worst franchises in the sport for 10 years. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm crazy. Like, the Yankee fans are furious with the Yankees because they haven't won a World Series while winning 90-plus games and being in the playoffs every single year for a decade. They're furious with them. The Giants beat Washington and New England, and suddenly, hey, who cares about the last eight years of being one of the worst teams in football, Chris? That's a new coach, a new GM, a new regime. What are you going to do? We're fine. We're doing well. They beat Bill Belichick. We got Tommy DeVito. What, what's your problem? There's not another fan base who's, who's fan. There's not another team in the city, despite as much losing as we've seen gone on here. There is not another fan base that is more pissed off than the New York Yankee fan base. Not one. And I would think Hal Steinbrenner has to recognize that, that despite whatever you're doing, whatever successes you think you may have, you have cultivated a toxic atmosphere around your franchise, and you need to do something to snap out of it. Because as although they're still coming to the ballpark as of now, it's been proven that 99 wins still creates a toxic fan base. You have to do something special. You have to give them wins 
and you have to give them the idea that they think you're willing to do things like your father was, that you're willing to spend money for them, that you, you know, you're willing to pony up and still be the Yankees as opposed to try and be the smart analytic team. You got you got callers comparing you to Billy Bean and the Oakland A's who can't have broadcast because there are possums in the broadcast booth. That's what they think of you. Let's go get Juan Soto and change that up, all right? Cool. Thanks for listening, Hal. I appreciate it. 877-337-6666. You heard it here. Hal Slimebrenner just told me that he is going to spend money and get Juan Soto. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. Can't wait for that press conference. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. So I'm proud of myself this morning. The best elf on a shelf yet. The best elf on a shelf yet. And it's because of my own stupidity. That's what makes it the best. Yesterday, um, I get my days mixed up. I guess it was just two days ago at this point. I don't know. The other day, there's a picture of me and my wife at a wedding. I forget which whose wedding it was now. I think it was my friend Ronnie. It doesn't matter. There's a picture of my wife uh, from a wedding um, as one of the photos in the bathroom um, along with the kids. And I accidentally broke the back of the picture frame. So now it's like I got to prop it up instead of using the back of the picture frame. So my wife's like, oh, you got to, we got, now I got to get a new picture frame, blah, blah, blah. So she actually had an idea. So it was her idea, but it was my stupidity that led to this brilliant idea. So she said, we need to replace the, the picture frame. And so why don't we use it in the, um, with the elves and make it look like they broke the picture frame? And then we started spitballing on that. And by the way, if you don't know what the shelf, uh, elf on a shelf is, it's pretty much these, Doll elves that, I shouldn't say that. Let's just be honest. Uh, elves that come in case anyone's up at 4.32 in the morning. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Earmuffs, if you get that reference. Earmuffs for all the kids out there. You get these dolls for the kids. They're these Christmas elves. And you put them in funny places in the morning. They go look for them. They find them. And then the thought is it's the day after Thanksgiving through Christmas Eve. And they watch the house and the kids and then every night they fly back to Santa report whether your kids are good or not and then they come back and are in a different spot the next day and every morning they go down and look for them that's the elf on the shelf bit so we have two obviously for both my sons so anyway you have to do creative things you can't just someone actually tweeted at me today that they had um their two l uh, an elf playing uh with a doll playing connect four they set up a whole thing where like they're playing connect four so you got to get creative. You can't just put the, oh, they're on a table today. Oh, they're on the couch today. Oh, they're on the end table today. Like, not good enough. You got to come up with creative stuff. You got to hang them from creative places. Anyway, so we had this idea we, uh, that we were going to somehow work in the picture frame because it's broken. And then my wife had a great idea because we have a, like a glass um, calendar that we have on the fridge where she writes it's it's almost like a, a whiteboard kind of thing where she writes all the events of all the like she maps out the calendar out today you know has taekwondo this one has soccer practice They're like we map out the whole month and she was like what if we take a couple of these markers and like give give my wife a mustache and like you know pretty much you know graffiti on the picture of us and make fun of us and then put the elves there holding the markers. And I th- it was brilliant. 
It was a brilliant idea. I gave my wife a mustache. I blacked out some of her teeth. You know, I put an eye patch over myself. We were like pirates. It was awesome. And then we put like, you know, we had the, them holding the uh, the markers. And when they walked in, they're like, what they do to your picture? And then like my little guy was like a little upset by it. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, this thing backfired. I thought it was perfect. It was very funny. You got to come up with this is it. This is my this is how I get my creativity out. This show and what I can do with elves on a shelf. That's how that's how I try and get my creativity. I yell about the Yankees and about the dopey basketball tournament. And I got clown show tweeting at me. Of course Nick fans love it. Okay, Nick fans love it. Call me up then. Don't tweet at me and say another classic WFN hater take. <laughs> I don't like it. What do you want me to tell you? I don't care about it. More than I don't like it, I don't care about it. They're trying to force me to care about things. I don't care about it. I understand it's something new. Why do we always hate something new? It's something new. Try it, man. I don't like it. I don't care about it. It's going to be very hard for me to ever care about this thing. And I certainly hate that tiebreaker is point differential because you're impacting the way the games are played. You're having the Celtics foul foul people so they can get to the foul line and... Uh, you know, foul uh, Drummond, whoever, uh, bad fouls, uh, bad foul shooters, so they can get more possessions. Like, is that what you want? You want to change the way the game is played? For a dumb tournament? Just make it, here's an easy answer. Winning percentage overall. Your overall season winning percentage. Whoever has the higher winning percentage gets the tiebreaker. So it's you got to win the other games. As opposed to trying to win by 30. But we'll see. Maybe they're, Robbie and Lake Success says it's grown on them. What's up, Robbie? Well, I want to tell you, first of all, when you talk about that elf in the shelf, I don't know much about that, but when you talk about calendars, uh, when you get older, you, you, as a kid, when my, when my daughter was young, we did the same type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. different things we were doing during a week and month. Now I put down doctor's appointments, so that's something for you to look forward to as, as you get older right. in life. But right. um, As you get older, I'm dealing with the varicose vein guy on Tuesday. I got right, the. Listen, you know. that's, that's, hopefully it's something serious, and it's, it usually is not. But no, anyway, I was, I wanna, I'm, I'm, not, wanna, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying. Oh, you're just saying. Right. I'm just saying that's what, you know. That's, 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 what you're, that's what you're doing now. Well, listen, when you get older, you, I, I, this day I'm planning, instead of taking my daughter to practice or something, I got to worry about going to one of those. But anyway, here's my thought, okay, on this NBA. Number one, as far as you talked about with the Giants and. I'm one of those people that wanted to fly a plane over a few weeks ago and, and start screaming, we want Belichick. So I'm, I'm pissed off like you. I mean, I'm not happy with this season. This is disgusting. Yeah. But, but getting to the NBA, and I want to tell you, I think Silva is brilliant. And do I really care about the championship and who wins this thing? No. Okay. But what it's doing is I'm tuning in to a middle of the, a November game, to a game that really doesn't mean anything other than a game on the schedule, Flipping back and watching to see if Miami could knock off Milwaukee because then you get another home game. All it's doing, Chris, is taking mid-season games, making them exciting. It doesn't matter the winner. You're going out to Vegas. The games do count. And do it in the NHL because you know how great NHL hockey is. We, we, we both agree on that. The Rangers are on fire. This time of the year, we're tuning in. Ah, the Rangers won it. Every, nobody cares about hockey, right? Well, you know Boomer. what? They will care about Something like this, just because it's middle of the season. I don't know. And how about the how about the MLB doing something like this? And you know what? Oh. NHL's next to follow. 
All I'm saying is, Chris, whether you like it or not, you're a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist, yes. But I would never be paying attention to a regular season Nick game. Now at least I'm saying, you know what, they're going to Milwaukee. If Miami would have won, I would have had a home game maybe to go to. And how about that Miami game the other night? Great game. Yeah. Exciting. All I'm saying is, Chris, you don't have to like it. I don't love it, but I think the concept it makes the, this I, time I, of the year, Chris, interesting, exciting. Like the NFL. What are we, what are we, you're, you're bitching and you're moaning about how lousy New York football is right now. I, I, you can't really do it in the NFL. Would I feel, the, well, yeah, would I feel better if they played some dopey tournament midseason that they could possibly win while they're 3-8 and 4-8? Eight and no, and eight? no. I would not be excited about that. That's what I'm saying. I would, I would not be excited, Robbie, and thank you for the call. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm up against it. Uh, I want to get in as many calls as I can. I, I get it. I, I No. Tell you right now, if they stopped the season right now to play some tournament and the Giants won it, I would not care at all. I would not care at all. I mean, I guess I would care how well the guys play. Like if 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 Devito goes out and beats Patrick Mahomes in a game that apparently matters, yeah, okay, I guess. I'd be like, holy cow! But I don't, I don't think I would care. I wouldn't hang the banner up on a four and eight season. Like let me if the if the if the Knicks collapse at the end of this year and knock on wood, but if the Knicks end up missing the playoffs or a play-in team or don't have nearly the season we thought they'd have, but somehow won this tournament, do you think at the end of the year, hey, successful season, won that tournament, first ones ever? Let's hang up the banner as we finish, you know, with forty-two wins and with the eighth seed and got knocked out in four games. Like let's 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 celebrate that in-season tournament back when things were good. I just, I just can't imagine that. I can't imagine it. And I don't I just I I don't agree with you. I did not feel any more I did not tune into this game with any more significance than a regular season game. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't it didn't I, I honestly I'm not even going to I know it's kind of like my job. I'll be totally honest with you. I turn on the TV if I see the court's different. I know it's a playing game. I don't it's not like I'm focusing on it. I'm not like, "Ooh, I know tonight's a playing game." I I turn it on. Oh, tonight's one of those playing games. Mid-season tournament games. Oh, I'm, I don't know why I'm saying playing games. Mid-season tournament games. Oh, look at the car. It's one of those. Okay. That's literally. I did not. I did not turn on my television to watch the Knicks, knowing that it was a a, a, a game for this tournament. I honestly didn't. Once I saw the court, I said, "Oh, okay, great." And and some of the players, Josh Hart's talking about he doesn't like the idea of, of it being. They need to fix that. Now, that's not overall the concept of it. I, I understand that. That's an easy tweak on what the tiebreaker is. But still, it's just that's a bad idea. The whole thing's a bad idea. I don't care about it. Gino in Levittown. What's up, Gino? Chris, I want to tell you I enjoy you very much. Two points, my friend. Yes, sir. One is uh, I don't think you can really compare the disappointment and the frustration of the Yankee fans versus the Jet fans. I mean, you know, how can you be more disappointed than the, mm-hmm. being a Jet fan? Yeah. What do you think? No, but I think the Jet fans are pretty damn disappointed. I, 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 you know, it's the Giants have won a couple games, and I get the sense as I'm talking about how the the team's winning isn't helping them. The reaction I'm getting from Giant fans is that, hey, you know, listen, it's win this game, build a culture, DeVito, it's great, a nice win against Washington, nice win against, like, that's the feeling I'm getting from Giant fans. Jet fans right well, now. Well, they're delirious, I think. Well, I, I think so, too. That's my point. But, yeah, no, listen, there's, of course, the Jets, and the, the Yankees and almost every other team in this city aren't on the same level. Let's be honest. 
the Yankees are the only team that consistently give you a winner. Now, listen, and my, are, are the are the rules uh, okay? The last question, go, Gino. Last question is: I have a solution for the for the Jets with quarterback. Okay, take your elf on the shelf and put him in there Sunday. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. I'd love to. Jo- I don't even understand what that means. I'll put him in as the quarterback. Yeah, he's probably got a better chance, I suppose. His hands are glued. His hands are sewn together. It's probably a problem. He's more of a receiver in that way. You could play. You could play him at receiver. He's got just zip it in there or hand the ball off to him. He's got a tight grip on it. His hands will never come off the ball. Quarterback could be tough. But I mean, anyone who could fly home to Santa every night's got some kind of skill. That's that's for sure. But the point about like the 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 Giants and Jets and and Yankees and stuff. I mean, it's just the Yankee fan base is as angry as any fan base in the sport. And I understand baseball is different, right? Baseball has a luxury tax, not a salary cap. There are, if you have the most money, you can spend the most money, and that should guarantee you some level of success. And by no means am I saying not being to a World Series since 09 is good enough. It's not good enough. It's miserable. But, I mean, give me the Yankee seasons of failure any day over these giant seasons that are dead before Thanksgiving where I'm watching nothing, where I'm focused on the other teams. I'm focused on my fantasy football team. I'm focused on my gambling. I'm focused on whatever else. I'm not really fo- – I mean, if I if I weren't doing this, you know, for a living, I'd be, le- I'd be a lot less focused on these giant games. I'd be more focused on other things because the giant game doesn't matter. That, I'm tired of that. I'm t- I'm so sick of those games not meaning anything. Now I'll, I'll, I would watch every second of it. I'm a Giant fan, but like I would care. I would care less. Like if the season's over, how many years? Like honestly, how many years? And that's why the idea of b- building a winning culture makes me laugh. It's more important to win these games than a winning build a winning culture. They they won in 2016, made the playoffs. 2017 was as ugly as any of them. Last year they won, won a playoff game. This year, dead. It doesn't matter. They need the quarterback. They need the players. They don't need a winning culture. I think the Jets are in a completely different position because they know the quarterback next year, and they want this defense to continue to play well, and they kind of want to build momentum into next year where the plan will finally take place. The, the Giants have no plan. What's the plan? Bring Aaron Rod- bring Daniel Jones back and play play uh, Danny DeVito? I always- Tommy DeVito until he's ready? I can't help it. I love Danny DeVito, and I love this, the commercials. It's, it's, in, my, in my opinion, Danny DeVito on the Jersey Mike's commercials is the greatest piece of the single greatest piece of, of uh, commercial and, and – um, What's the advertising that I've seen? They went up against a powerhouse that is Subway. And, a, and, a, and Subway is doing commercials with Tom Brady. Subway's doing commercials with Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady, they're doing commercials with, with, uh, with Steph Curry. And, I mean, everyone under the sun, every major athlete under the sun is doing it. Serena Williams is doing Subway commercials. Everybody. So what did Jersey Mike do? Give me Danny DeVito. That's how we compete. And I love them. I love them for it. I love them for that tact. We need to compete with this monster house. They got everybody. No, no, we're not going to go try and compete like that. We're not going to get B players. We're not going to go get 
you know, run-of-the-mill stars to talk about our sandwiches, run-of-the-mill athletes. No, no, no. We're going a different way. Did you ever see Taxi? Get me Danny DeVito. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. How about Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban, obviously, uh, owner of the Mavericks, is selling. And this is a, an interesting deal. I can't, I don't know how this works. I'm surprised anybody would do this, but he's selling a majority of his team, majority of the uh, the Mavericks. He's keeping a, a, a decent amount of stake in the team, and he's going to keep full basketball operation, say. So he's going to run the team. He's going to sell most of it. So he bought the team in the year in 2000 for 285 million. He's selling the majority of it for a uh an eva- with an evaluation of three and a half billion dollars. So the team's evaluated worth three and a half billion. So he's selling a majority ownership at whatever majority it is um of an overall value of worth uh 3.5 billion. So he's selling for whatever number that is. He's keeping a, a strong stake in the team and full control of basketball operations. So he's pretty much just renting out ownership. He's going to make less money, but he's going to control the Mavericks. He's also stepping away. I don't know what's going on. He's stepping away from, I, I just read the story earlier, that he's stepping away from Shark Tank as well. So, But he's still running the Mavericks. I, I, that's a weird one. But that's some deal if you can make it. Why don't you give me, I don't know, I, I can't imagine he's strapped for cash. Why don't you give me, I don't know, let's call it $2.8 billion. You're the majority owner, but I still say what the hell goes on in the franchise. You just collect most of the money we make. I'll still keep my share. I'll run the team. I'll still be out to all the games. I'll still be getting fined from the referees. That's a good deal. That was a good investment. $285 million turns into $3.5 billion. Not bad. Maury in Belmore. Tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. 3.5 million Adelson family. They own the Sands, which yes. is a casino, obviously. So, yes. like, put that all I forgot together. to mention that, yes. The uh, uh, Miriam Adelson and Casino yeah. Tycoon uh, family venture for $3.5 billion. Amazing. Yeah. Not retiring. Doesn't Not strapped for cash. Is actually well, I'm sure he's not. I was in, being sarcastic when I said Yeah, but he's investing in alternative uh, investments like, you know, green yeah. and all that crap. But listen... The speculation would be, I saw someone else speculated, and it just got whispered in my ear, the idea of maybe uh, stepping away from some responsibilities to run for office of some way. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. He is, he's pretty powerful down there. That would be great. Listen, he's a great businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's a tech guy. Sure. But I know that we're, we're rapidito fire. Rapito fire. Yeah. So um, I'm heading to Georgia for the Georgia-Alabama game for the right. championship. Right. And I'm... Your do- your, I'm down. sorry if I'm, I mean, your daughter goes there or... Uh, my son. My son, son I'm there. sorry, your son, right. Uh, we, we're going to have a big celebration. But nice. I, w- I wanted to bring something up. That, think about the marketing meeting with executives. I, I, I've, I've made that joke a bunch. Like, they're sitting around the table going, guys, we're getting killed by the, in the marketing scheme. I, like, the silver bullet? What can we do? And there was like some guy in the corner who raised his hand and someone next to him like, don't do it, Ted. It's a stupid idea, Ted. Don't say it. No, I got it. Uh, yes, uh, Ted, what, what do you think? Uh, I, I think DeVito. we should do Danny DeVito. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I've been I've been shopping at that store. I like it better than Subway. Who needs the stars? You got Danny DeVito. That's it. Yeah, I, 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 and Arnold Schwarzenegger's brother. 
I know. Tremendous. Tonight is your night, bro. I'll check you later, Maury. Enjoy the trip. But yeah, I know. I love that idea of the, that marketing meeting. Ted sitting there. Bob, who sits next to him, his best friend in the office, knows what he's going to say. He's like, don't do it, Ted. Tell him you're right. Don't vent. You're going to make a fool of yourself. Uh, I have a suggestion. Have you guys seen Always Sunny? I really think uh, Danny DeVito would be perfect to sell sandwiches. And he was right. God bless you, Ted. Eric and Ronkonkoma. What's up, Eric? Yeah, and I just watched Throw Mama from the Train last night. I love it. Oh, Throw Mama from the Train is a great movie. (laughs) I was watching. uh, You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to let you finish, Eric. I did want to just say. They had, I hate a lot of the Christmas marathons. I love some of the, I love the Honeymooners Marathon. I love the Twilight Zone Marathon. But in Christmas, a lot of the same movies over and over again, especially on Christmas Eve and Christmas, they do a Christmas story on both TBS and TNT over and over and over and over. It drives me absolutely nuts. But yesterday, uh, I saw they did a, a candy Christmas, and they're doing all John Candy movies. Now, I know it's still a month out. It's not even December yet. But that's the kind of thing I can get behind. Give me nothing but John Candy movies all day. Uncle Buck going into trains, planes, and automobiles into only the lonely. Only what I like. That's what I can do. I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Real quick before I get to that in-season tournament, I've been doing the Elf on a Shelf thing with the kid. My kids are 20 and 17. So I've been doing that for over 10 years. I'm amazing how much creativity i've had to try to come up with, <laughs> i know because uh, you got you can't just um, be lazy with it otherwise you feel bad about uh, it no, you gotta no, come no, up with we, something we, creative we weird stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah um look i mean i'm i'm a casual basketball fan i mean like it's the least of my sports okay but i'll tell you the tournament has tournament hasn't thing for me all right last night i was watching the Islanders devils i mean i, I could care less about okay know. i thought i thought so. you said it had done you cut it out for a second i thought you were saying it was a, you don't care about it no no it had, to me, I was watching Island the Devils last night. Yeah, so, I mean, and that was a good game. Devils came from behind two not, goals down in the third. Yeah, yeah, but it hasn't piqued my interest in one one bit. So no, I, 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 honestly, I, I, I appreciate Rob's appreciate Rob's perspective, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't do a thing. I don't. I don't know how many it does. I know uh, Clown World, who tweets me often. Uh, Clown Show, excuse me, Clown World. Clown Show tweets me often. Uh, likes it, and yeah, I know. I gotta don't don't miss up Clown Show's name. Have some respect for the guy, um, but I can't imagine anyone who would really turn into a, turn in, turn on a basketball game that they wouldn't have otherwise for this. I just I find it hard to believe. Rob said he did. I I just can't imagine it. And honestly, I'm not even. I didn't even know how it works. I didn't care enough to really learn how it works. Well, I just didn't. I knew that I, I I didn't even know it was point differential until a couple games ago, a couple days ago. Like I, who care? I just don't care about it at all. I have zero interest in it. It it doesn't it it does nothing for me. And quite honestly, wa- trying to watch some of the games, trying to watch the home. I think the first game the Nets played, the first game of their tournament was against Chicago in Chicago. That red court was it was impossible to watch the game. I felt like uh, Kramer in the. Um, in the Kenny Rogers episode of Seinfeld, where he's got that the red light in his face, he doesn't know what to do, and then they switch apartments, and Jerry's dealing with it too. Like I felt that's what I was like watching, and I can't watch it. The blue one in in Dallas, or it was just as hard. But that red one, that the Chicago Bull one, trying to watch that net game was next to impossible. The courts were hideous. The idea is dopey. 
No one cares about it. The second your team is out of it, like honestly, net fans, call me up tomorrow. I'm on at midnight. Five-hour midnight ride tomorrow. Call me up. Tell me that, you know, how you feel now that you've been eliminated. Do you care? Does anybody care? Nick fans, you really pumped about this thing? You excited to play the Bucks two more, you know, Bucks again? I don't know, not me. Not I. All right, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for calling. Carlos, thank you for your work. And Fliegelman, thank you for your steady hand, both of the show and of Carlos. It's well appreciated. Everybody, have a wonderful Wednesday. The warm-up show is next. After that, Boomer and Geo, and the rest of your day here on WFAN, filled with nothing but wonderful people. Have a great day. I love you all. Be well. See you at midnight for our midnight rides. Sports Radio 1019 FM. WFAN.